Hello, this is Pastor John. This sermon challenges the hearer to consider his or her observance of this Advent season. The sermon is organized with a text application structure. I unpack the beginning of Paul's letter to a troubled congregation and then look at the practical application of the text, that is, how repentance Honest repentance might be applied in our lives. This podcast has no outtakes, (laughs) only intakes. I slightly butchered a Henry David Thoreau quote, so let me give you the correct quote here. The mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. Okay, and I think you can sort out the rest. May the hearer observe this Advent season replete with the blessings of God. God bless the hearer. Well, the church year begins with Advent. Happy New Year. Advent has a strong emphasis on the coming of the Lord. We look forward to Jesus' coming at Christmas. And we also look forward to the coming of the Lord on the last day. In his letter to the Corinthians, Paul intends to bring out the primary response with which we associate this season of Advent, repentance. And I'm going to read the opening words of this letter to this very troubled congregation in Corinth. They are forgetting, they are forgetting that Christ will be revealed and that he is present, he was there present among them. They are forgetting that he is the one who makes them righteous. And this is resulting in a a poverty, a poverty of speech to one another as they fight, contend, squabble, and even sue one another. They're taking each other to court, imagine. So Paul is casting the vision of what they can be in these first verses. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any gift as you await await for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So first of all, Paul is telling them, hey, you... You are rich because God has made you rich. Um, And indeed, he has made them rich. He has ennobled them, make them wise, and they have every necessary spiritual gift. And they are guiltless uh, to the end in Jesus. And they are also possessors of great spiritual gifts in Christ. And of course, as we read further, we learn that the Corinthians were anything but what Paul was talking about. 
They were a congregation in deep conflict with serious moral and theological problems. Uh, None of them were wise by worldly standards, nor did it appear that they came from the wealthy or the noble um, of the community. You know, to to anyone looking in on this this congregation from the outside, they, they were not rich. They were bankrupt in many ways. Paul is not seeing the way that things are, but the way they can be in Christ. And the way that they are in their baptism. Even, and this is good news for us, even the humblest little parish in Jesus has the makings of a great and powerful congregation of believers. The key is not you nor me. Or the key is not demographics, marketing, or anything else in this world. The key is Jesus. And that is, and this is, the essence of Advent. Advent calls us to see the world for what is lacking, but also to see in the same moment that which God has promised and accomplished in Christ. Paul sees these broken and sinful people as the redeemed and holy people of God, gifted with every heavenly blessing. So Paul, he he brings in the primary themes of Advent here. I'm going to mention three. The first one is Jesus is about to be revealed. I think this language is important. Jesus is about to be revealed. It, 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 it really implies this, that Jesus is already here. But the last day is the day of his revelation and the, his tearing away the veil of the old creation to reveal only the new. We are waiting. We are waiting the revealing of Jesus who invites us to rest. Matthew 11, verse 28. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So there is an end, and it comes, not in your schedule, not in my schedule, uh, but his, but it does come. So that's number one, Jesus is about to be revealed. Number two, Jesus will sustain us guiltless on that last day. It's guiltless blameless in some other translations, but this is not our work. It's not your work. It's not me at all. This is Jesus's work, and he has already accomplished it on the cross. Now, I am a little afraid of that revealing of Christ. (laughs) Truth be told. Um, So, but Paul tells us that Jesus sustains us. He sustains us, keeps us in that day of his revealing And by that sustaining, we are guiltless on that day of our Lord. And the third thing that he brings up is our waiting is rich in knowledge and speech. Rich in knowledge and speech. We know one thing leads to the other, right? Knowledge leads to speech. So we know that Christ has forgiven sins. We know that Jesus will be revealed We know that Jesus makes us guiltless on the last day. 
we have nothing to fear. We also have a wealth of good news then to bear, to speak, forgiveness to speak, comfort to give, fellowship to live out by what we say. But he also, he, he enriches our speech today, just even in the Old Testament reading, um, the, the epistle reading for today, we, we are called into fellowship with Jesus together. We have words of wonder, power to speak to one another, words of forgiveness, encouragement, comfort, and joy. So that's the text. That's a summary of the text. What about its application? So I would like to propose the following. I would like to make a case for observing Advent. Why? Well, I'm, I'm going to make this following case for observing Advent. The gospel is what we need now and honest repentance. Honest repentance. The Corinthian church needed honest repentance in their lives. We need it also. In our individual lives, we need honest repentance. In our corporate life, together, we need honest repentance. And I will explain what I mean by honest repentance in a moment. But first, I want to make sure that you all understand I'm not the Grinch. I'm not a Grinch. In fact, I love the season of Christmas as much as the next person. We already have the Christmas tree up at our house. Um, and I'm standing to the, next to the church's Christmas tree as I speak. Uh, the the the, this tree was decorated by little hands during the midweek um, Bible school. Um, it was decorated uh, by little hands about right up to this level. <laughs> and then uh, later in the evening, it was uh, it continued to be decorated by bigger hands during our youth group meeting up to the top. And then I also spied Bill putting the angel topper on the top of the Christmas tree. And I know that he's not a Grinch, okay? This Wednesday and Thursday, the preschool classes are presenting the Christmas gospel message to their parents and community. In less than three weeks, 30 plus children and the confirmation class will be declaring the good news of great joy for all people in the midweek Christmas program. No Grinches here. But let's slow down a little bit. Let's slow down. This is what Advent gives us the opportunity for, to slow down, slow down this rush to Christmas, at least in the, and especially the commercial version of Christmas. What is honest repentance? Honest repentance is that we should be in a place where we are comfortable and honest about God and even honest about ourselves, about who we really are. Let me repeat that. Honest repentance is that we should be in a place where we are comfortable and honest about God, with God, and even honest about ourselves, about who we really are. As opposed, as opposed to what? Well, as opposed to feeling like we have to hide from God. If you recall in Genesis, both Adam and Eve hid from God, and that is the fundamental reaction when we are confronted with our sin. But as Christians, 
we don't want to be like that. We actually want to be honest about who we are. And that's why I'm focusing so much today on the meaning of, of Advent. We need the gospel and Advent's particular message of honest repentance. I need it. You need it. And why do we need honest repentance right before the Christmas season? Which, by the way, doesn't officially start in the church calendar until Christmas Eve. (laughs) We need it because of the reason that we celebrate the nativity of our Lord. We need it because of our need for rescue. And some of us don't even realize this. Or you... You observe other people who don't even realize their great need. Some are many, let's just cross that out, many lead lives, as Henry Thoreau wrote, um, wild, just lives, quiet lives of desperation. The masses leave, live uh, lives of quiet desperation or quiet lives of desperation. Lives of desperation. You know, uh, this feeling of desperation is, is, is the human creature knowing that something is off. It, it's this life of desperation, this feeling of desperation. It's a vague sense. Uh, something is wrong. It's a sense of emptiness that neither drink can drown, constant work can push out, or illicit relationships can heal. This feeling of desperation is the human creature knowing that something is off in his life between him and God. And some of us, though, just see with clear and sober realization of sin's condemnation and its cold, unrelenting grip. And this is what sin does. It it condemns and it holds us in slavery to itself. It binds us. It's so, and and for this group of people, I would call this the broken people, the the people who, who know their need. It is so obvious to this group of people, this group is broken and contrite, crying out to be released, feeling unclean before a holy God. And for this grouping of people, honest repentance looks like an outcry. And this is what we see in our Old Testament reading. Right, God's ancient people cried out in honest repentance in our reading from Isaiah 64. We have all become like one who is unclean and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf and our iniquities like the wind takes us away. Oh, this is honest stuff. There is no one who calls upon your name, who rouses himself to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us and have made us melt in the hand of our iniquities. And God's answer to his beloved wayward people, as they're being honest to him, was not to rend the heavens and come down with almighty force. They would have been destroyed. Now that rending and tearing of heaven comes later when Jesus comes again in a bright burning sky on the clouds of heaven. Surrounded by an angel host 
to judge the living and the dead on the last day. No, God's response to honest repentance of his people is to send his angels to shepherds, to shepherds watching over their flocks at night to tell them, fear not, we bring good news of great joy. A savior has been born. God's response was to send the angel of the Lord who told Joseph in a dream to not fear, to take Mary as his wife and she will bear a son and he would call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. What is honest repentance? Well, and what does it look like? It looks like King David who fell into a rut. King David who in his later middle years, he broke the commandment against coveting his neighbor's wife Bathsheba. He fell into a rut. That began starting this rut, this rut of sin. Uh, sin that condemned him, sin that held him bondage. He fell into this rut and it was just, that all it took was one lustful thought in his heart uh, pornographic in nature, it led to another sinful act. He broke the sixth commandment and took the wife of another man. The rut kept getting deeper. And then, and then that led to breaking the, the fifth commandment. Break, you know, he, he led this man uh, to be killed. He, he was responsible for his murder. And the rut kept getting deeper, and the cover-up, and then he just kept covering it up. And the rut was getting deeper and deeper with his cover-up and his blame-shifting. And do you know, what is the difference between the, uh, a rut and the grave? About six feet. So God helped David out here. He helped David with honest repentance when he sent his prophet Nathan, who rebuked him, creatively with a parable. You can read about it in 2 Samuel 12, confronted by the law, David confessed, I have sinned against God. I have sinned against God. And Nathan brought him the good news. The Lord has put away your sin. You shall not die. You know, this is repentance, confessing sin and then receiving the forgiveness of God. And although David would still suffer the temporal consequences of his sinful unfaithfulness, he would bump into that rut that he had created and that violence and bloodshed would never leave his family. But because he was given the gift of repentance, he confessed his sin. His sin was take, put away. He did not suffer the greatest consequence, the consequence of eternal death. Now, this kind of honest repentance of Advent leads us to say, along with David, during the days before Christmas, when we focus on the advent of our king, this leads us to say, along with him, Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. 
That's honest repentance. And David and God, through his word, gives us that knowledge. And the speech, we can even use that speech just like David for honest repentance. You know, the answer to trials and sadness and weariness and the listlessness that we see around us and in us is not self-help, but looking out and seeing that we have a treasure to give, the gift of repentance, gift of forgiveness. God is faithful. He will never let us be poor in knowledge and word. And so the reason for the season is Christmas or the reason for the season of Christmas is Jesus. Rightly said, claim it, Christians. (laughs) Claim it. But that is not just a hallmark message. It's a matter of life and death because God wants no one to perish, and that is why he sent his son. And that's why we decorate our trees, to get those gifts ready. Because they remind us of the greatest gift that Jesus is to us. But claim this also. The reason for the season of Advent is honest repentance. Shake off dull sloth. Carve out a time and a place. Light those candles. If you got them, light them. Starting today, take your Bible, take your devotions, read them. Take your Advent calendars, read them devotionally, lead your family to do the same, create a time and space to do this, slow down. Pray for the Holy Spirit to get, to let God's law and gospel to get you out of the rut. Pray for the gift of repentance, confess, receive forgiveness, mercy, grace, receive Jesus, your savior, whose coming at Christmas gives us peace with God. Follow Jesus who will sustain us and you, guiltless on the last day when he reveals only the new creation. And take this opportunity during the season of Advent. Let us be honest with God and with yourselves. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.